This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning. Professor Ward Scott here in the manly Warthog Man Cave inside the Melbourne Law Studio. Who has 50 years of experience in the legal, full legal services and are the only official law firm partner of the University of Florida, protected 24-7, 365 by crime prevention at cpss.net. Check out our mug shots to see there what's going on in the community. And um, we'll um, certainly welcome, today is our open call line. We'll be having a caller, I'm pretty sure, call in in a moment. But first, before I do that, I want to get to some business that I, I need to um, remind you of. And I'll be doing this at the beginning of the show and at the end of the show up until Election Day. I want to remind you that for the first time in over 30 years, uh, we in Alachua County have the opportunity to have real representation in Alachua County. Uh, single member districts allows you to vote for the representative of your choice for your district instead of your representative being voted on by the county at large. So single member districts amplifies your voice increases accountability, and reclaims true representation. So make your voice heard this election day and early voting, whenever you're voting, by voting yes on single-member districts. Vote yes on single-member districts. Well, I think that there's an interesting story we're going to be developing here in a moment about what's going on with the single-member districts dispute uh, is um, something that has got a lot of uh, uh, misrepresentation, misunderstanding, and we're going to clear that up and keep working away on it and, uh, until we get right to the uh, election day. So the um, uh, whole show today is called The Lady Doth Protest Too Much. And the reason I call it The Lady Doth Protest Too Much is that um, we have got uh, a big protest by uh, the NAACP, uh, as if there is uh, something there that um, you you just simply don't understand about single member districts, and that they say, "Geez, I just uh, they'll hurt. They'll play the race card, basically play the race card." And the truth of the matter is exactly the opposite. And I've learned that the more people protest, the more they're probably uh, covering something up. The line is from, of course. Uh, in Hamlet, you hear me quote Hamlet quite a bit, and the line is in Hamlet, when uh, Gertrude is watching the play within the play, which Hamlet has devised as a way of proving the veracity of the ghost who has told him uh, from the supernatural uh, that he was uh, he was killed by his brother. Of course, it's an artful crime. It's a total cover-up. There would be no absolute way to detect this or know this if there had not been divine intervention. Shakespeare was fascinated by the intersection of the uh, natural and the supernatural. 
as were the Greeks, as we are. And how much does um, uh, immortality influence mortality and um, all the ways in which we discuss that. And Hamlet certainly incorporates it in the play. So it's a great line. The lady doth protest too much, means that by uh, protesting too much, she's covering something up. And that's the way I read what is going on with the uh, local uh, black people here. They have a, um, a, a line above the fold, what we call in the newspaper business today. Uh, if you're above the fold, then you're important uh, to the news. And, uh, you know, the Gainesville Sun uh, set is reaching out desperately to attempt to um, uh, survive, really. And they have clutched onto this and they've made a story out of it, but it's got some misrepresentation in it. It's got some hit jobs really in it. So I've invited Stafford Jones to call here. I'm expecting a call from him to explain his position because I don't think he's represented very well in the article. Meanwhile, I want to uh, inform you that I, yesterday after the show, texted both Stafford Jones and Ken Cornell and invited them to debate single-member districts live on the Ward-Scott files. I immediately got a reply and an infirmity from Stafford Jones. He'd be willing to do that and uh, had no problem with it. To this moment, I have not heard from Ken Cornell. Now, you can draw your own conclusions from that, but it's... Uh, uh, not, uh, not, not, you know, it is self-evident. I think Stafford is waiting in the room. Uh, please, uh, Jason, let him in. I'm waiting on production to hook us up with the caller. Okay, hello, Stafford. Can you hear me? We're trying to get the technical worked out here. I do not hear him. He says he's in the line on the line. We'll we'll get it working out here in a minute, hopefully. Have you got that connected, Jason? He says he's out there waiting. I don't know how you do with this, my little Okay, sister. hey, can, can you hear me? Hear you now, Work? Stafford. Good, good, uh, good deal, deal down. <laughs> I'm just sitting there listening to y'all y'all mess around with the hardware. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't control the hardware, my man. It's uh, you know how it is in the Zoom. No, hard, hard. Uh -huh. he, hardware is challenging. It's okay. Hardware is challenging. It's okay. Um, <laughs> are you? Are, so, are we waiting on Ken now? Or are we supposed to be doing a debate this morning with Ken? Oh, well, you want to twist the knife, don't you? I was just saying when you came on, I invited you and Ken yesterday. <laughs> and we've got nothing but crickets from Ken. Uh, there's no response whatsoever no. from the brave young man. <laughs> no, no not, not a response, not a single response. Nothing, not even the, not even the courtesy of, you know, I'm, uh, thank you for inviting me. You'd think you've been raised properly. Uh, thank you for inviting me, but right. I'm I have to decline at least the courtesy of a reply. <laughs> yeah, no, ex exactly, exactly. So uh, whatever. I Look, I actually first challenged him to a debate. And, I mean, I did it politely last uh, last Saturday. And um, 
they didn't respond in any serious manner. They did, they, they did respond and say, okay, tomorrow night at six at the UF Hilton, be there. Well, <laughs> they were baiting me because, and it was actually funny because that's when the NAACP banquet was. Uh, uh, so yeah, they were trying to bait me, but it wasn't actually a serious response. And, uh, they, they, they've not given us a serious response. So uh, there's, there's not going to be any debate, but yeah, you know, whatever. Well, <laughs> we, we know that that, that my title of the show today is a lady doth protest too much. And I was talking about that. Uh, it's a great line out of Hamlet. And the reason uh, that NAACP is protesting too much. And let's go through that, Stafford, because your information is absolutely accurate. Uh, we have examined the NAAC.org national resolutions on page 66. It's very clear that they have advocated for single member districts. And yet, contrary to their national stance, this particular chapter uh, has been uh, um, taken the opposite. What's your take on that, sir? Well, uh, first off, here's an interesting fact about the NAACP Constitution. The, the NAACP Constitution, Article 9 of their Constitution, actually says that unit organizations, which the Osh County branch of the NAACP is, unit organizations cannot take a position or 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 implement programs in contradiction to the NAACP's uh, public stances, rules, constitution, or or uh, resolutions. And so, actually, what the local NAACP doing is in contradiction to the parent organization. They are in violation. A local unit is actually in violation of the NAACP's national constitution. And that actually does put the national NAACP at risk. And the reason why is because, as you, as you mentioned and as we've pointed out, um, the NAACP in 2018 uh, enshrined in their doctrines a resolution uh, declaring that at-large voting is discriminatory and that single-member uh, single districts are fundamentally a more equitable way of voting. The NAACP Legal Defense and Education Fund has a great fact, a great Q&A on this at their website. Um, <clears throat> declaring the same thing, they spend an entire page, and I don't know how many Q&As on that page, dismantling any notion that at-large voting is even remotely equitable. And so this is a fundamental stance. And I'll tell you what else they've done. They have fought they have fought a hundred lawsuits across this country for single member districts and not one lawsuit for at large voting. So, and, and they've announced that they've said that, look, what they're doing is they are attempting to push out at large voting in favor of single member districts everywhere they can. So what the local NAACP has done only for political expediency, let's remember Evelyn Fox on TV 20 actually said well, yeah, a single-member district is good unless it could lead to Republicans getting elected. Well, wait a minute. The NAACP, so she said that, Ward. She said it on TV20. So, so the NAACP, which is supposed to be a nonpartisan organization, the local NAACP is actually out there putting the agenda of the national organization at risk. What they're doing is actually reckless. Now, let's go to the fact that they say that we're doing this because we don't want any more blacks elected. You know, we've all heard the name. 
Kevin Thorpe. We've heard it a thousand times now. And that poor soul is probably about tired of hearing his name from people. But the fact is, he's run in a Democrat primary twice now. Uh, the analysis says uh, that, that he, he won in district by 24 points and lost the primary by four to Ken Cornell. He'd be on the county commission right now if we'd had single-member districts. He ran again two years later against Pritzia. I've done a cursory look. Uh, I'm guessing that he probably would have won that primary as well. Uh, I can't say that for sure because I've just done a cursory look. I haven't done a complete analysis, but he, it looks to me like he probably would have won that one as well. So I, the, their entire stance is completely disingenuous. I mean, I got to be honest with you. They're telling us that we're lying. They're actually executing one of in the history of Alachua County. Well, Stafford, you know, this also points a finger at the ineptness or willingness to be uh, uh, complicit in this uh, Gainesville Sun. Putting this headline above the fold, as I was speaking about just before you <clears> checked <throat> in, and claiming, oh boy, you know, NAACP sues Jones or whatever. Uh, and they don't have the story. They, I don't recall any of the things you just mentioned in their story. In fact, as we mentioned, yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry. I, what I was going to also say, well, they took a cheap shot at ahead. you. They took a cheap shot at you by bringing up something which has nothing to do really with this situation. That was Sarasota. You want to clear that up while I got you? Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. I mean, you know, so the headline was really kind of misleading. The story's kind of long, and kind of in the bottom half of the story, they come to our side. You know, okay, I, I think prime, I think fundamentally they were mostly, they, they were fair in the story. Uh, the headline uh, is, is what's grabbing everybody's attention. And I mean, let me tell you, liberal press does kind of tend to do that. I don't know who chooses the headline. Most times, the reporter writes the story and, you know, some editor chooses the headline. But whatever, that's fine. Um, the story, uh, you know, down in the last half has some good quotes from our attorney. It does explain our point. Uh, it really sets them back on their heels. Then, yeah, they do kind of finish off with the Sarasota thing. Look, um, look, I, I've got an infrastructure of political committees. One of the things that I do is help people. Uh, across the state have freedom of speech because the, 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 the regulatory requirement, free speech isn't free, okay? There are a lot of regulatory requirements to go along with quote-unquote free speech. And so a group in Sarasota said, hey, you know, can you help us out with this? We want to fight for at-large voting. I said, okay, your, your issue, your, your thing, I don't really agree with it, but it's your thing. I will, it, it deserves to be vetted. I will let you, yeah, I'll let you assist you with the platform. And so it was their issue, their speech, their county, um, and I agreed to let them, let them have the platform, which is more than the Alachua County Commission would ever do, because let's remember, Ward, Citizens, uh, citizens have gone to the Alachua County Commission on two occasions. One time was during the charter review process to try and get single-member districts on the ballot. And all citizens were asking for was just a fair vote, right? Right. The county commission or the, the, the appointees by the county commissioners to the charter review shot it down. 
They, they just wouldn't even let it go for a vote. And there, there was one appointee that actually voted in favor of it. We thought we were going to get it. Then, then the person, the commissioner, the person that appointed him twisted his arm and basically, uh, uh, pulled the rug out from under us and they wouldn't let it go for a vote. On another occasion, citizens started a citizen, uh, citizen petition initiative, came up with language, had outside municipal and election attorneys vet that language. The language was good. The language was clear. But the county attorney at the time, uh, I think it was Nicole. Uh, what, what was Nicole's last name? Uh, I think I know you do. Yeah. Yeah. Schwally. Something like yeah, that. Well, she, inexplicably, inexplicably, uh, at the last minute, she ruled that the language was in some fashion inexplicably uncompliant or something. Never mind the fact that the language was clear, but she took her cues from the county commissioners who basically signaled that they did not want this going to the public for a vote, and they shot it down. So while, yeah, I certainly, uh, I certainly let some Republicans in Sarasota County, and I didn't personally agree with them, but I certainly let them use the platform because they wanted to have the debate, and they had their debate, and they lost, as I figured they would, for at-large voting. Uh, even Republicans in Sarasota County chose to retain at-large uh, or single-member districts. I let them have the debate. In the meantime, the Alachua County's commissioners, the Alachua County Democrat progressive leadership around here will have not allowed us to have this debate. So, uh, you know, so what Keith Perry and Chuck Clemens did was said, look, you guys have denied the citizens around here the debate. We're going to put it through the legislature so that they get the debate they've been asking for. Okay, so while, while the commissioners are all saying, oh, they're overriding local rule. No, 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 no. You guys overrode citizens who were trying to wanted to have this debate. You shut it down. So Keith Perry and Chuck Clemens came along and said, okay, you shut them down. We're going to give them the debate they've been asking for. Absolutely well spoken, Stafford, because um, uh, you and I know we've been around this uh, issue for quite a while. Uh, as chair of the Rural Concerns Advisory, I was involved 20 years ago uh, in the charter attempt, and I was involved 10 years later in the charter attempt. And I feel this is a form of voter suppression, actual voter suppression, in that the Democrat ideology uh, herd uh, doesn't even want to let the people have a voice. Now, we don't know the outcome of the vote. All we want is the people to have an opportunity to vote. This is the point we're making here, listeners. We want the people to have an opportunity to vote. Now, we happen to believe that if you want to change government here, if you're tired of the roads not being looked after and this, that, one another falling on deaf ears, this is a way of addressing and changing the form of government, the structure of government. And by the way, let's talk about this, Stafford. There's no guarantee that this increases the numbers of Republicans on the county commission, does it? No, it, it doesn't. Uh, look, let's, let's, let's be honest. Alachua, well, really the city of Gainesville, not Alachua County as a whole. The city of Gainesville is the Berkeley of the South, okay? There is a heavy concentration of like-minded progressives that live, you know, kind of in the center core of Gainesville. That's why when you look at the maps, it, you know, from inside out, it's, it's deep dark blue, uh, out 
to, to more and more, to lighter and lighter and more red, you know, that kind of stuff. But no, it does not guarantee. Uh, I, I tell you what I do think it guarantees. I do think it guarantees that you will have a more moderate commission. I still believe the commission will be majority Democrat. How can the local Democratic Party argue with that? But, but they won't necessarily be progressive the way they have been. And that's what, so that's what they're really hanging on to. It's not about, for them, it's not about black representation, because for them, if it was about black representation, they'd recognize the fact that, you know, a, a, a black Democrat beat Ken Cornell in his district in a primary. They'd recognize that fact, right? It's not really about just Democrats, because, well, they'd recognize that, you know, the commission is still going to be Democrat. No, no, no. For them, it's about left-wing progressive ideology. They, the left-wing progressive ideology, which there are a lot of Democrats that do not subscribe to left-wing progressive ideology. It's about keeping that left-wing progressive hegemony on that, uh, in control of that county commission. That's what their argument is about right now. And that's why I say it's one of the most disingenuous, one of the most dishonest campaigns that they're running in the history of Alachua County. And, and, and it's a, a crying shame that the NAACP is complicit in helping them, the, the local NAACP, not the national NAACP, the local NAACP, well, really, Evelyn Fox is complicit in, uh, same lady, by the way, who was charged, what, back in 2006 or 2007? was charged for theft. I don't know if you remember that or not. I mean, there's just something wrong with this lady as far as I'm concerned. It was a pair of gloves. Yeah, that's just a, right, that's just a personal opinion. But bottom line is what she's doing is she's throwing her own community under the bus, all right? She's throwing her own community under the bus in service to this left-wing progressive hegemony that doesn't want to lose the first bit of control on the county commission. Uh, that's just not right. Uh, so, you know, no, Jordan it doesn't Marlo, guarantee that. Jordan Marlowe expressed that. Go very, ahead. Very, Jordan Marlowe, the mayor of Newberry, expressed that very well, that very point. And people have to realize that Kevin Thorpe was a very good example. Kevin Thorpe's a wonderful person. I've interviewed him. He's a good guy. He's a smart guy. He's an honest guy. And he's not a member of that kind of black power group there. And you can tell it right away because they don't support him. And by the time that a candidate from the Democrat Party has reached a, a position where everybody's going to vote on him in the county, uh, you have to understand, listeners, that he has already survived the brutality, if you will, of the primary between the Democrat ideologies at that level, that war that goes on, that um, wherein what Stafford's talking about the common sense, if you will, if you want to label it that, candidate gets excluded and the radical left candidate gets picked. And so there you are. That's the Democrat that comes forward. And that's what they're trying to protect. They can kill off their own liberal, sensible people in the primary level uh, quite well. They do it. And Kevin Thorpe's a good example. But they want to be able to do it countywide, too, at the uh, full vote. And so that's unfair. Right. 
Well, and, and, and Ward, and let's remember, okay, it, 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 they are doing a disservice to the black community, but let's remember, it's not just about the black community. So will, will, if, if single-member districts is put in effect, will Republicans take over the county commission? No, it ain't going to happen. There will be a Democrat majority on the county commission. Is it, is it, it, does it make it more feasible for a Republican to get one seat on the county commission? Well, you know, yeah, maybe. But uh, through election after election, when Republicans are on the ballot, Republicans have routinely gotten more than 40 percent of the total county vote, okay, and county commission elections, okay? It, it has happened quite often. Well, pretty much just about every time. And every now and then, a Republican can win countywide. Every now and then, but doesn't really happen very often. But still, Republicans get more than 40 percent of the county vote. Um, where is that representation on the county commission right now, other than the one that the governor had to appoint because one of their progressives had to resign, res- resign in shame for having you know, a fraudulent address or something like that, which they seem to be good at that part, too, by the way. Let's talk um, about this. So back in, let's, let's go Let's talk about this point. Well, let's, too. first of all, let's go back to 2012 when John Martin, in in the in the general election, John Martin actually beat Mike Byerly in his own district, and and what that said was all the people that lived around Mike Byerly said, okay, yeah, you're not, we we don't really want you, but downtown Gainesville progressive picked Mike Byerly for the rest of people in that district. So yes, is it possible? that a Republican gets one seat, yeah, but the Democrats are going to hold all the rest. But, you know, it will be a more moderate commission. And, and by the way, uh, the, the commissioners now are like are saying, well, look, uh, you know, we, we, we all get along right now. We all, we're all on the same page doing the good for the county commission. Okay, you, you just made an argument for group think, all right? There ain't no good argument for groupthink, but that's what you're that's what you're telling us. You just made an argument for groupthink. Um, no, if if uh, if people were uh, elected from various regions of the county and and were there to represent their regions of the county, every other commissioner would be forced to look at things from other people's perspectives. They would be forced to have discussion about all of these things and would be forced to reach common ground. I, I submit to you that, that greater good would be done if, if people actually had to live in the districts and actually had to be voted on by the people in their districts so that people in the various regions of the county could get the representation they deserved. Stafford, let's talk about this point, too. Right now, we have people who are really... Republican-minded, but they stay Democrats so they can vote. I think this would impact that as well, in that if you had a district, you would tend probably to be more party-aligned with the representation that you want in your district, and any would affect that. The other thing, as you know, is we have people hedging their bets. They don't really like a Ken Cornell and they're Republicans, and they're builders, let's say, but they give to Ken Cornell because they don't want vindictiveness if they don't, and that needs to stop, and I think this would probably influence that as well. You would tend to give money to the guy 
that's going to represent you and stop, you know, giving money here and there just to protect yourself from extortion. Uh, Ward, there is a lot of that going on. Absolute extortion. I mean, you know, I mean, I'll tell you, yeah, Ken Cornell has been calling people the last few days. The guy's got more money than he needs for the campaign that he's running, but he's calling realtors and builders and others in the past few days uh, asking for money. Why? This late in the game? I mean, really? You need more at this point? I mean, okay, Ken, it's at-large voting. Your opponent raised all of $5,000. You raised something like ninety. Why do you need more money now? I know, I warned your, the, the perception that it, I mean, that it could be perceived as extortion. Eh, yeah, I mean, you know, I could see how some people could say that. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it certainly makes sense. And, and, and will it... Will it balance? Let me give you a clear example, too. Uh, with a, a, a vote recently, or with something that's on the ballot right now, in which a more balanced commission could make a difference. Let's take the vote for Wild Spaces Public Places. The Elantra County Commission had two options in front of them. They certainly wanted Wild Spaces Public Places to be re upped, right? They certainly wanted that. But also, voters. Uh, voters in Alachua County want to see some doggone roads fixed. You know, Ward, every time, every time I have to replace a doggone windshield on my truck, it's because a pebble flies up from a broken road in Alachua County. I'm serious. I got a brand new truck in 2021. I've already had to replace the windshield here in Alachua County. Okay. Well, the potholes. Uh, and so, so they, <laughs> the potholes are joining yeah, the filling so, so they, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So they put this thing on the ballot, and they, they have two options. Well, you know, the, the citizens want them to – the citizens want roads, too. So instead of putting two options on the ballot, one, one ballot initiative for a road tax and one ballot initiative for wild spaces, public places, they actually debated, debated how to do this. And they knew they didn't want – they didn't want these split up because they were afraid that roads would take precedence over right. wild spaces, public places. Right. So instead of creating two ballot initiatives so that citizens could make a, an informed choice, they threw them both into the same initiative. Now, you know doggone well they ain't going to spend a bunch of money on roads. No. They just ain't going to do it. But they combine the ballot initiatives together to ensure, to ensure that wild spaces, public places would take precedence, okay, instead of roads. And so I just believe a more moderate commission would actually take a better approach to, to such things and say, okay, here are the priorities as we see them. Let's put them out there and let the citizens choose, right? I think a more balanced commission would do that. This group let's is not this, balanced. Let's make this point too, Stafford. The commissioners put that ballot issue out there, but the commissioners would not put single member districts out there. They could have put it out there just the way they put the wall spaces out there, right? They could have. Yes, they could have. They've been asked a couple of times, uh, even when they wouldn't do it. Citizens initiative citizens said, OK, we'll do it ourselves. They use fakery and trickery to just cut it off well so, it's, uh, i think we've got stopped now let's have one more point and i'll let you go i know you got a meeting you're going to you're doing a great job of helping people 
understand this. And if you got any questions, I'm looking at the chat line, listeners. Um, you know, the uh, whole idea of uh, this issue is to get the people to participate and understand what is at stake here. And it's uh, unnerving a little bit. One of the things that we haven't talked about is to get the petitions for the citizens to put this ballot on the me- on the uh, this measure on the ballot. Let's talk about just a moment, Stafford. How many petitions we would have had to have signed by citizens to get it on the ballot? And imagine holding a clipboard. I've used this example outside a shopping center, trying to explain to somebody what they're signing to get on the ballot. It's almost impossible. Uh, that's true, Ward. If I remember correctly, I don't don't quote me, don't hold my feet to the fire on this. I think at the time it was something like 17,000 signatures. And one of the things that we are finding uh, right now... I think it's uh, one-tenth, with, one-tenth with percent. This, 10% of the total registered voters, I think, Stafford, rings a bell with me. Something like that. But it's I mean, it was a lot of signatures. But here's, here's the problem. Um, if you have a ballot initiative that says, uh, you know, we want to have a half-cent tax to, to save feral kittens. Well, who doesn't love kittens, okay? I mean, that's, that's easy to explain, right? Right. To have a ballot initiative to explain to people this whole concept of at-large voting in single-member districts and what the difference is and what the benefits of, even right now, um, um, getting this message out to people, even with as much money as we've spent, it's, it's not really an easy concept for people, and it's not that people are stupid, okay? People are not stupid. I mean, I think Alachua County voters, black, brown, white, uh, whatever, are, are very sophisticated people. They're very sophisticated voters. But explaining single-member districts is its just kind of an esoteric concept, okay? And it's hard to get when you go out and try and get petitions uh, explaining. And again, we're finding that problem even now. Yeah, so, so even now, as we are broadcasting these messages to people, you know, we're try- we're having to encapsulate the idea of single member districts into stuff that people can relate to and look yes did we did we set out to point out to 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 people and to democrats that the national NAACP has enshrined this that didn't seem controversial to us actually because it's not actually controversial to the national NAACP um but by pointing that out, it gives people it gives people a shortcut uh, by explaining to people that look, uh, other other people that look, the governor signed the bill to give us the choice. Um, that helps people understand. So so political messaging is basically encapsulating complex messaging into stuff that that people can grasp because they're busy with their kids, they're busy with their homes, they're busy with their jobs and their small businesses, and that's what you have to do. So we didn't set out to actually make this an issue. Uh, we set out just to educate the voters on on where where these issues have impact throughout the nation. The NAACP is one of those. And it's a fair point. So um, this wasn't this wasn't like some grand agenda to go out and 
and and cause this controversy. It wasn't part of the program. And the fact is, is once we did that, it's the Democrats that made it so controversial. It wasn't us. By the way, you'll see Mark Sexton out there saying, oh, and you'll see Ken Cornell and others saying, oh, this blew up in their face. No, it didn't. This has far from blown up in our face. People are paying attention. Look, again, it's the Berkeley of the South. We may not win this, okay? Um, but we've had the debate, and a lot more people are going to understand this when it's over. And, and I can tell you there are a lot of people out there right now, Republicans, Democrats, African Americans, uh, uh, Hispanics, who uh, it, it, of all creeds and, 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 and of all political stripes looking at this and saying, you know what? There's actually more to this than just the name, single-member districts. And there are African-Americans who are out there who are scratching their heads saying, I'm not sure I understand what my local NAACP is talking about here because this actually seems to be good for us, right? So it, the debate has been win or lose. And, I, you know, the debate has been good for a lot of people. And the other thing, thank you, Stafford, too. And the other thing I want to point out to the listeners is that uh, these petitions, which we're talking about, were one-tenth of the total registered, which would have been about 17,000. Uh, they have to be gathered and presented within a very relatively narrow limit of time or the validation of them expires. So there are so many rough uh, mountains to climb to do it the way uh, this uh, commission has been forcing the people to do it. And so we need to applaud Keith Perry and... Uh, 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 Chuck Clemens for, you know, Tallahassee, and you know it pretty well, Stafford, you know, they view Alach was kind of the lost child and don't pay much attention to it. So to get Tallahassee to become involved in passing this along and making it happen is really quite remarkable in and of itself, is it not? Yeah, no, it absolutely is. I mean, uh, look, it, it, uh, it, it went through the uh, it, it went through our legislative delegation. Of course, Yvonne Hayes Henson, whatever her name is, this week um, shot it down. Uh, she 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 voted against it. Um, uh, and but well, and at one point, I think she actually voted for it, uh, and then uh, you know got her arm twisted and voted against it. But yes, it went through legislative committees. Um, the idea that the the parent NAACP uh, supported it was part of uh is part of the record in those hearings uh it went to the governor the governor so yes to 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 for for all of these people to say yeah the citizens of alachua county deserve this debate uh has been very important and i i just keith and 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 chuck having gotten it there uh, you know i'm going to advocate if we uh if if you know, I'm going to advocate that that for the 2024 cycle, we name our Republican headquarters the Keith Perry Chuck Clemens Republican headquarters for you know for for at least getting this debate out into the public. Oh, it's heroic! It's an absolutely masterful job, and it's uh, long overdue. And I think only uh, they could have done it. And we have to also impress upon people listening to us now: this is probably going to be your last shot at this, my friends, uh, my students, my listeners, my viewers. And this will not uh, come up again in a long, long time. So if you really want to get in and make a difference, actually make, this is probably the most profound way you can make a difference with your vote in local government that you've seen in a long time. 
and that you will ever see again for a long time. I can say that with absolute certainty. Let's do one more thing, and let's define, of course, Cornell has been saying dark money. I have said all dark money is is a way of the people gathering, which is all traceable, all identifiable money to try to get their position heard that has been stifled by their own government. Have I got a bayer, a basic concept of that correct, Stafford? Yeah, 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 you did. So these political committees, their reports are filed with the Division of Elections. The reports are online. You can see where the money is coming and going. Um, um, you know, one of the things that I find funny is that the liberals uh, love to refer to it as dark money, but then then they gripe and tell you who all actually did it. That's exactly what's happening here. <laughs> so Ken Cornell, they had a press conference last week. Lord, for goodness sake, Ken Cornell... Ken Cornell spent two minutes in this press conference. One, he said my name about 10 times, okay? Uh, Tell me you got some anxiety about me without telling me you got some anxiety about me. But um, in that press conference, his whole thing was, I'm a CPA and I'm following the money. It's dark money and I'm a CPA and I'm following the money. And then he's standing there telling people where all the money's coming and going from. It's like, okay. If you can do that, Ken, then it ain't dark money. You obviously don't know what dark money is. That's just, just, you know, I see that kind of stuff, man. I just want to bang my head into a wall, okay? Well, it's tough. It's, um, Oh man, you it, know. it's absolutely it's absolutely hilarious. But let's let's finish. Let you know. Let's let's talk about where this thing stands real quick. Is this okay. thing going to pass or is this thing going to fail? Of course, I do not know the answer to that. What I can tell you is, um, <clears throat> we have a fighting chance, and 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 a lot of the data that I'm seeing tells me that we have a fighting chance. One. Um, I, I can tell you we're talking to a lot more people than they are. Some of the complaints that I see uh, on social media are people actually complaining at the Dem- Democrat establishment for not having been prepared for this. Uh, they, got, they got into it late in the game, and at that point, they were essentially screaming into a hurricane. So, one, we're talking to a lot more people than they are. Two, we're seeing great responses from independents. Now, there's no actual polling, so everything I'm giving you is anecdotal, but we're seeing great responses from independents. Um, we are seeing uh, we are seeing positive response from a lot of African Americans. We are seeing some confused responses from African Americans because the local NAACP is the one that's actually confused the issue. So we are seeing some confused response. We're seeing some great response, and we're also hearing behind the scenes. Uh, a lot of very surprising uh, progressives who have said, you know, who we, we, we who have said they're voting for it, but they ain't going to go out and talk about it publicly. Right, um, right. So we're we do believe that we are being competitive on this thing and that we have a shot um, and we've got a lot more talking that's happening over the next few days. A lot more. Over over the final three days of this thing, we're spending we're, we're we're spending more money talking to people and educating them than they will have spent the entire uh, their their uh, in, in their entire advocacy on this issue. Well, and certainly, I'll take the link on this show and spread it out and 
link it to all kinds of people that you have relationships with and they can hear our conversation. We're on so many different platforms. And I, I don't know if you know this, Stafford, but uh, oh, a couple months ago, YouTube uh, took us off the air because we violated their community standards. So by executive decree, I have fired YouTube and hired Rumble.com. So <laughs> go to Rumble.com yeah. and follow the words God files and you'll be doing us a favor. But I fired YouTube. The hell with YouTube. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that. Um, so, uh, well, Ward, I mean, any any other any other questions for me? I'm, I'm you know, I think you did um, a great. I, I am on my did, way to where I'm supposed. To. Yeah, you did a great job. Go ahead. We'll take a, well, you did a great job. We extended our bomb the arm break, and we'll get that done. And we got a couple of little new little news items here, but uh, I think you did a great job. And uh, uh, well, how's voter turnout looking? Let me just cover that real quickly. I voted early, and it was packed when I went in there, Stafford. Yeah, and I voted by mail. Uh, and, of course, as when I did that, I tracked my ballot to make sure that it showed up. Uh, uh, I'm actually a believer in doing that. Um, and um, so, so VBM, of course, Republicans used to own that. Uh, we don't anymore. We're way behind on VBM. We are keeping – we are about close to parity – uh, with the Democrats on early voting. So we're hanging in there on that. Uh, and uh, uh, we expect to see a big election day turnout uh, from Republicans. So, uh, look, my, I encourage Republicans that haven't voted yet. Look, election day is your last opportunity. Don't don't get sidetracked. Don't forget. Don't drive by the polling place and say, "Man, that line looks long." I I just I'll, I'll go on home. They got this. No, no, no. Don't do that. Uh, you you can you 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 can still vote early tomorrow. Try and get it done then, so that you know if you have a flat tire on Monday or if you get <laughs> sick on Monday, just take districts. the opportunity. Single member districts. If, uh, by the way, for me anyway, it was on the back of the ballot. So don't miss that, friends. There's a lot on the ballot. And it was towards the back of the ballot. And it appears uh, and comparatively and very comes on the heels of all the voting for judges. So don't miss it. It is uh, uh, there on the uh, uh, back back of the ballot. And so don't confuse yeah. it. Thank you, staff. Yeah, so go, much. go through the whole ballot. All go right. Through the whole ballot. Thank you, sir, for calling in. We're going to take a break now, now on the Ward Scott Files. We're taking a little bit late and we'll service our uh, sponsors and our uh, our uh, great advertisers. So stay tuned to the Wart Scott Files. We'll be right back. Thanks, Stafford. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. 
Award Scott Files Gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, R&R Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.awardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All these poop. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, thanks. Help me! Help! Help! Now for the weather brought to you by Lewis Oil. Welcome back to Ward Scott Files. We're going to do uh, the weather report brought to you by Lewis Oil. Great sponsor here for us. You know what is so interesting about this weekend? I almost forgot it. And that's why I'm going to spend this time during our weather report talking about it. It is time to change the time again. If you're like me, I just got used to changing the time. And now I'm going to change the time again. We're going to go from daylight savings time on Sunday uh, to Eastern Standard Time. And what does that mean? It means we will fall back. We'll set our clocks one hour earlier at 2 a.m. if you're up. Now, what in the world is this about? Uh, The federal law has shifted over the years, according to research done by the Weather Channel. Um, It started, daylight savings time starts on the second Sunday in March and ends on the first Sunday in November. These dates went into effect in 2007. And that was part of the Energy Policy Act passed by George W. Bush. Uh, Daylight savings time was first signed into law on March 1st, 1918, to save on energy costs during World War I. That's according to the U.S. Department of Defense. Now, the law was repealed at the end of the war and then enacted again in World War II. And at that time, it became known as wartime. So from 1945 through 1965, there was no uniform time in the United States. And that caused, as you'd imagine, all kinds of confusion among the states and regions. The Uniform Time Act of 1966 put daylight savings time into federal law and also for the first time officially established official time zones. So the original idea behind daylight savings time Um, really is interesting was that in nice summer weather, when the days are already longer, people want to spend more time outside and less time indoors using lights and appliances. And there you are, that kind of got it going. 
the critics say that the savings are minuscule and uh, really it's uh, past its time for being a time change. So uh, there are all sorts of speculations about health impacts of daylight saving time. Uh, there is a study, there are studies that have to do uh, with the disruptions in our circadian rhythms. Um, a lot of people think we ought to just get one time and stick with it year round. I guess I'm one of those people. I, I, I just don't know. I don't have any voice in it. You don't have any voice in it. I don't know how we deal with this. Federal law does allow individual states to exempt themselves from observing daylight savings time. Uh, but that leads to all kinds of confusion. And uh, Arizona and Hawaii, as well as the U.S. territories of Samoa, Guam, places like that have chosen to stick with standard time all year. So I don't know. I am so confused, my friends, about what time it is. And I'll be even more confused um, by uh, the end of the weekend. Don't show up at the wrong place at the wrong time on Monday. Uh, I don't know what you have to do, pinch yourself or uh, do something to make sure you're aware of this. Um, it's, it's a strange world in that respect, but it is what it is. And I'm like Jim Murphy here says, find one time and stay with it. I, 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 sometimes, yeah, sometimes I, I, I don't wear a watch, but you know, you can't, you can't get along in a world without a watch. I mean, you got, and by, by the way, out in the country, I tend to tell time, as you know, much more by where the sun is on the tree line. I can tell because I'm close to the land. I really am much more uh, familiar with the way time and the seasons are changing simply by watching nature. But, you know, there are people in the city that don't have any clue about nature. They're inside of air conditioned enclosures and they move from an office to a car to an apartment. Uh, if they take a walk, it's on a sidewalk. Golly, I saw a man walking two dogs yesterday in a place here that is jam-packed. I won't tell the name of it, with uh, high-rise condominiums stacked on top of each other. Nice place, all that, except there's no natural world around it. They're just crammed into this Soviet-style compound. So um, there you are. It is what it is. And I uh, just want to remind you that that is fixing, as we say, to happen. Um, it is something that, uh, um, I guess, rolls around uh, every time about this year. So I want to thank um, uh, Stafford Jones for coming on and trying once again to give you a kind of education on what's at stake here with, um, with the, with the um, Miller time. You would say that, Plantation Mark. It's Miller time. I love the man. Anyway, he's a great supporter of the show and got a real wit. It's Miller time. Miller doesn't advertise with us. So I better not say anything. Um, but, uh, you had a chance to go out and participate in the government, uh, a local government change that can affect you, we think, in a positive way. It certainly would not be as bad. Couldn't be any worse than it is. So we, we uh, advocate that you uh, do, do that. In fact, uh, for the first time in over 30 years, I'm, I'm reading this because of the organization that is uh, asking me to do this is uh, in support of you being educated and knowing what's going on. So for the first time in over 30 years, I want to remind you 
that we have the opportunity to have real representation in Alachua County. A single member districts allows you to vote for the representative of your choice for your district instead of your representative being voted on by the county at large. So single member districts amplifies your voice, increases accountability, and reclaims true representation. So make your voice heard this election day or any of the early voting days by voting yes on single member districts. And I'm checking my time right now as we speak. We're about at 9.56, possibly 9.57. I uh, may uh, uh, want to remind you before we sign off uh, that I invited Ken Cornell and Stafford Jones to debate this issue of single member districts live on the Ward Scott Files. I had almost an immediate response from Stafford Jones saying he'd be happy to do so. I have not received even the decency of, I'm sorry, but I can't make it, from Ken Cornell. I know his, well, I know his brother. I know of his parents. I have friends who are friends of his parents. I like to think he was raised better than that. But you know, he's become a hard-nosed politician and has probably had something to do with him forgetting his manners. Oh, well, what can I say? That's the way it appears to me anyway. You make up your own mind. Don't let me influence you. I'm just sharing information with you that you may use as you want to. Everybody have a great weekend. We come back now. Um, We will come back at the same time at a different time. No, I mean, we'll be on at nine as usual, but it won't be Eastern Daylight Time. It'll be Eastern Standard Time. Have a great weekend. I'm headed to the range to practice my skills with my buddies at the Gainesville Target Range. Shoot GTR. Have a great weekend. A Warthog Command Center out.